We pick up the uh, narrative today from Luke chapter 2. If you'd like to follow along, I invite you to do so in preparation to hear these words. Let us pray. We pray that you would send your spirit upon the both reading and hearing of these words this day, dear God, that we might be attentive to a word for us. And I would pray that my, my words and this reflection would be as a window with a blind open so your spirit might touch each of us. In the power of the one who is the Messiah, we pray. Amen. Now, every year, his parents, that would be Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, went to Jerusalem for the festival, the Passover. And when Jesus was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival had ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he had gone with a group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among the relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I would be in my Abba's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. But he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. May God speak to us this day through these words. Where else would I be? This isn't exactly what Jesus said, but it's pretty darn close. Did you not know that I must be in my Abba or my father's house? Mary and Joseph were worried sick, as any parents would be not knowing where their child was. They returned from Nazareth after attending the Feast of the Passover to discover that Jesus wasn't where they thought he was with the others in their community. So they returned a day's journey back to Jerusalem to search for him for three days. Just consider how you would feel if you couldn't find your son or daughter or partner or parent or friend for three days. Worried, anxious, fearful, these don't even come close to the terror that we would be experiencing. Today's gospel may seem oddly out of sync in the Christmas narrative with the celebration of the Nativity just being six days ago. And next Sunday, we'll celebrate Epiphany, which is the 12th day of Christmas. And here we are reading about Jesus, 12 years later. What the lectionary is helping us to remember is that the Christmas event, the Emmanuel experience, isn't locked to simply the birth of Jesus, but rather it points to the trajectory of his life and teachings. 
So today we have this telescope of 12 years from the Bethlehem event to the experience of Jesus as an adolescent separated from his parents. He's in the temple, no less, sitting among the teachers, learning, listening, and asking questions, things that adolescents do. But for this, but for Jesus, this story, one of the few between his birth and his baptism by John in the Jordan, gives us a view or a lens, if you will, into the heart of who this person was. Where else would I be, he says, but in the house of God. A friend of mine, whenever she has read this, has always pictured Jesus here in this story as a pimply little brat. But his response to Mary, his mother, child, why have you treated us like this? I don't read it this way at all. For me, this story is a foretaste of the Jesus who loved with his whole heart. Where else would I be is not a snarky response. It's fact, in fact, it's one of great honesty and great sincerity. Where else would I be but in the house of God? How I long that this would be my answer to any question about where I am. The temple in Jesus' day was the locus, the still point, if you will, of God's presence on earth. Now, we've expanded our notion of this over the centuries, for we know that God is bigger than any building or system or understanding that we could ever construct or construct. But from Jesus' cultural perspective, being in the temple, literally being in the temple, was being as close to God as anyone could possibly be. Being in the temple is likened to being in the heart of God. And that's what this text is asking of us and me this morning. Jeff, are you in the heart of God, regardless of what I'm doing, where I am, or what I'm thinking? The past few days, I was up in Seattle, the Seattle area, visiting my 96-year-old mother. She's old, she's weak, and she's on hospice. And I'm trying as best I can, as many of you know, to prepare for her next great adventure, that mystery we call death. These days were poignant, funny, exhausting, sad, and very different from any previous visit. Almost every conversation was about leaving, going home, moving, packing, wondering what to take. As I listened, it was clear to me that the only things that she wanted to take with her were pictures of my brother and me, pictures of my parents, picture of my father and my stepfather. It was so evident that these are for her icons, windows, if you will, into the very heart of God. For what we know from Jesus about this mystery we call God is that it's all about relationships. It's all about relationships. And isn't this what incarnation is all about? The message of the Christmas event, it's all about being in relationship with one another. God with us, us with God, 
and we with each other. So as I held my mother's hand, listened to her voice, I remembered all the kindness and teachings and love that she has given and shared with me these past 65 years. I am at my core in a large part because of her. And by her loving, she has invited me into the heart of God. And isn't this what faith is all about? This is the message of Christmas, the truth of Emmanuel, incarnation. God is with us. Being in God's presence is really being with another person. And here, Paul's words to the Colossians are so instructive. They speak so clearly of how we are to be with one another. By putting on as if dressing oneself with compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, and patience. Forbearing one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as we have been forgiven, so we also must forgive. And above all these, we put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And so we sing hymns and psalms and spiritual psalms with thankfulness in our hearts to God. And whatever we do in word or deed, we do everything in the name of the Christ, giving thanks through him. This, my friends, is the gift of this sixth day of Christmas. This week, I invite you to look upon every person you meet and see if you can see the very reflection of the face of God looking back at you. And when others are looking for you or at you, would your reply be, where else would I be? but in the heart of God? Something for us to consider. Continued Christmas blessings to you this day and in these coming days. Amen.